It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Sports Saturday. Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 11:60 AM. Welcome back in to Cougars Sports Saturday, and let's not waste any time. Let's get out to the KSL phone line and bring in our good friend, BYU TV play-by-play announcer, Dave McCann. Dave, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. How are you? It's nice to be invited on the show on the Saturday that is the furthest Saturday away from the return of football. Hey, that's why we brought you on, because we, 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 the offseason makes for some of the best football talk. But I want to start with basketball, because you do, you do a great job and do a lot of play-by-play for Thanks. the basketball team. What has happened during this three-game losing streak where it felt like there was some momentum building, and then it's trending in the wrong direction towards the end of the year? Yeah, when they, when they blew out LMU, it looked like they had had turned the corner. I even wrote a story about it in the Deseret News that they had found their identity, kind of gotten off the side of the milk carton. Then they went right back on it. And uh, I thought the performance Thursday night was probably their worst of the year where where they didn't even look interested. And right, even Mark Pope they just, just looked distracted, disjointed. Um, it was really disappointing because I thought the fight they went up and put uh, against – Gonzaga having another chance to beat them till the end. Um, I thought, okay, and then and then they come back and play as poorly as they did at home. Um, that was that was disappointing, and and so once again we're hours away from uh, another game where where they they're in over their heads a little bit, and no one knows what team's going to show up. That's strange for this late in the year. Dave, what do you feel Mark Pope and, and, and this staff maybe have to do in the offseason? I know they still got some games left. St. Mary's tonight's a big one in the WCC tournament coming up in a few weeks. But, uh, you know, what direction do you feel like they should take with uh, constructing that first Big 12 roster going forward? I think they, they need to – I think Mark needs to call up Kalani and borrow a play from his playbook um, on how to save his job by making changes that are necessary to uh, overcome a disappointing season heading into what your biggest conference, toughest conference in the, in the country. And, and when I say that, I mean, look what Kalani did 
And that's what Mark Pope yep. needs to do. Yeah. And that included changing the way he thinks, the way he operates. And in, in Kalani's case, he had to let go of some of his friends. And um, and that's that's what a coach has to do to to offset a very disappointing eight and five season. Now, O for October was brutal among Cougar Nation. You guys know that. Um, and it soured the whole season, took him out of the top 25. And, and, uh, and, and yet, look at where we are today with football. The, the Big 12 schedule's out. Jay Hill and the new defensive staff's in. Optimism is sky high. The new schedule was greeted with celebration and eagerness as opposed to doomsday. And that's on the heels of an 8-5 and five season because of what Kalani did immediately in the offseason to let the fan base and the players know that the captain of the ship is going to change the course because this isn't the way it's supposed to go. And, and um, I think that's what Mark Pope has to do. Um, got the regular season finale next Saturday at home and then, and then the tournament, which is every team in that tournament's vulnerable this year, unlike any year that BYU's been in the WCC. Um, and, but, but BYU might be playing on the first day, which is the first time that, uh, that that's happened. And so that's where the Cougars are. And, and, uh, and he doesn't have to look too far to, we hate asking for directions as guys, but <laughs> he needs to call Kalani and, and, and ask for some help and borrow a play from his playbook um, to, to hang around and survive this. That's, I really believe that. That is a good point about the football program. Just it, it does feel totally different with, with those changes. And, and with spring football being right around the corner, what are some storylines or, or some of those changes that you're eagerly going to watch as spring football unfolds, Dave? Well, I, I think uh, as anybody, I want to see uh, Keaton Slovis zipping that ball around to those receivers that he's developing chemistry with. Uh, that's such a such a massive position uh, heading into end of the fall, and, and BYU gets a guy with 34 P5 games under his belt, which is huge. Um, I don't know if there was a quarterback on the market that had 34 P5 games under his belt. Maybe, but I can't think of one. So that getting him, I think, is perfect for for what they need, and and I'm just looking forward to to, to seeing that chemistry. Uh, I know Mitch has been talking a lot. About you know everyone wants to see the defense. I don't know how many like I don't know how many defenders that had postseason surgeries are good to go for spring, but the Ben Bywaters and Max Tooleys will be, you know, certainly guys that Jay Hill will count on in in August and, and into the fall. But um, and then just the general just the general feel. Uh, we you know none of us have ever been to a practice uh, where. BYU is a P5 team preparing for a P5 schedule. And so that should feel different. I don't know if it will or if it'll look different. We've been to a million of them, but, but this is the first one that isn't in preparation for a, a game as a outsider. This is a preparation as a team that's, that's an insider. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to, to just kind of taking that in and seeing if, uh, if the guys have the vision in their eyes that, um, you know the storm's coming, but uh, but but I believe with some of the additions that they've made, especially with the personnel on the defensive side, that uh, that BYU can play their way right into the middle as opposed to uh, below the middle in that first year. I think that'd be huge. They get to six or seven wins and a 
go to the cheese it bowl, make $6 million, you know, <laughs> that would be a fantastic year. And that I believe is attainable. Um, the pie in the sky, uh, Hey, they could compete for second or third, you know, but everything's got to go right, including health. But I believe they can go right to the middle, and that would be uh, – I think that would be spectacular. Such a historic year that we're all about to cover coming up this year with with BYU football, with that Big 12. And it's also historic. You noted Keaton Slovis. I mean, the fact that BYU's got a, a grad transfer at the most critical position. You caught up with John Beck recently on, on Wise Guys and, and had a piece on the Deseret News about it. Maybe your the conversation you had with Beck, did it – uh, lend uh, a different perspective on Slovis, who's obviously been working hands-on with Keaton. I think so, and Beck's a phenomenal story. Uh, you know, for a guy who's had his hands in on the last three BYU quarterbacks in Huntington Beach, yeah. you know, not as a member of the staff, uh, and and one begat the other, and the other. They, I mean, they're all they all have a relationship with each other through John Beck, um, and and so it was interesting to just get his take on Zach and Jaron and, and, and now Slovis. But uh, I, I, he made an interesting point. He said he doesn't, with all the quarterbacks they work with down there at, at his uh, training school, um, he doesn't reference BYU to all of them. Like, hey, you should go to BYU. But he said Keaton was different because of the character kid that he is and the style that John knows that uh, Aaron runs. And, uh, and so he pitched him the idea. And then it was... Slovis remembering the, his experience here and his parents getting the ice cream brought to him, which they thought was awesome. You know, 2019, I remember how hot that day was. No one brought me ice cream, but I'm glad <laughs> someone brought them ice cream. But, uh, and then all of a sudden this, this, uh, this reach out and, and BYU was just as interested. It was like, what we could, we could get him. And, and Aaron loves his skill set. Um, I know Kalani loves the fact that uh, they're going to march into these games where no Cougars ever marched and uh, to have the quarterback who said, Hey guys, I've done it 34 times. I mean, Jaron Hall played 11 P fives, which is the most of any quarterback in school history. And here comes a guy is one and only year. He's got 34. I just think that's huge. And you know what? Three games in, maybe it won't be. And maybe we'll be scratching our head. Cause, cause uh, you just never know with, with kids joining the program. But um, unlike some of these basketball kids that have come in, uh, relatively young and struggled. Uh, Slovis is coming in with his degree and on a mission to get ready for the NFL. Aiden Robbins, he's got two years to play at running back for BYU, but he comes in with his college degree. And I just think that puts them in a, a different mental place to, to perform, to embrace the atmosphere, the environment, the honor code, just to see life a little bit differently um, as opposed to, I'm only here because I came for playing time and NIL money. And, and that that's a different guy when things go south. And we've seen that for a couple years with basketball. And uh, we haven't seen it so much with football because you got a 100-and-something guys on the roster and portal players enhance positions. Um, they don't come in and become the roster. And that's the difference with with what Mark Pope's had to deal with and what Kalani's had to deal with, in my opinion, um, and why uh, those those key, uh, the Heckard kid from Weber State, those key three portal additions for Kalani Sataki are huge for the other 110 players on the roster. I loved seeing Slovis just embrace everything that's BYU. He's been at some basketball games. You've seen 
uh, Isaac Rex and Chase Roberts posting pictures with him. So he's definitely putting himself in a good position to be the leader and, and to gain the trust of all the players. However, t- with, with me, there's still the pit thing is still difficult, and, and maybe it was a bad situation. And and obviously Jordan Addison had left the USC, so it wasn't quite what he thought he was going into. But what do you make of of a, a mediocre year at, at Pitt with him coming to BYU? You know, they still had a winning season. His coordinator changed, his receivers changed after he had committed to come. And uh, and their emphasis was on the running game, and they had a really good running back. He didn't play in the Sun Bowl, but he was, uh, he was good, and he got a lot of attention. He got the ball a lot. Uh, and they played a P5 schedule. I think they played 10 P5s. Um, interesting note that John Beck told us the other night is, is uh, Slovis has, has had injuries throughout his career, he says, but he's never seen him uh, healthier than he is right now. Uh, and Beck's been working with him for a few years now. Um, so he's had shoulder necks and, and all those things. And I don't know how healthy he was against with Pittsburgh, but he was slowed by some by some ailments, but, um, you know, you got to be healthy. And Beck says he's healthier than he's ever been. That's, that's a plus. And you got to be in the right system and quarterbacks in the right system, um, can blossom sometimes in the right system. They can be phenomenal freshmen like uh, Caleb Williams, um, in the right system. Um, there's a reason he went to USC because the coach of the system went to USC and you know what? He looked good at USC too. So, the system's important and health, and uh, even in the NFL, the system and health. When Patrick Mahomes is healthy and that system, uh, he's phenomenal. He could still win a Super Bowl with a bad leg in that system. Um, but uh, I, I think Aaron's system, which is what John Beck kind of went over and over again, is is why Slovis is here, and um, and why why Beck believes that Slovis is going to have a a fantastic year and, and BYU will be in a position to put their third straight quarterback in the NFL for the first time since McMahon, Young, and Bosco. That's been a long time. It has, and it's remarkable to think what BYU football and BYU sports is about to take on here in this next year. So, Dave, we always appreciate the time. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave McCann TV and hear his calls on BYU TV. Dave, we always appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great All-Star afternoon. See ya. Thank you, Dave. It'll be a lot of fun this weekend here on All-Star Weekend. Taking a break on the other side, we'll get some more BYU football conversation and the top five coming up around the corner here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Welcome back in. Cougar Sports Saturday. Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper just had... Dave McCann on, play-by-play guy for BYU TV. Always love having Dave on. Some some good, interesting insight from Dave on, on the basketball team, some of those struggles, and, and football. That interview that he had on Wise Guys with, with John Beck was pretty interesting. John Beck, and maybe I'm putting too much stock into this, Mitch, but when Slovis originally committed, the statistical decline had me really concerned. Uh, I just can't deny it. Like, I know stats aren't everything, but they are a lot of it. And his best year was his freshman year at USC. Mm-hmm. And I know that there was turmoil at USC, and then we touched on what happened at Pitt, but it all happened, and I was concerned. But I'm, I think I'm starting to flip the other way. Like, all, everything you see on social media, which 
I get it. Social media is painting the best picture, but he could not be there. Uh, he's spending plenty of time off the field with Chase Roberts and Isaac Rex. Uh, he came off very charismatic and fun in that interview clip where he was judging teammates' touchdown dances from a year ago. I, just, I feel like I'm taking a complete U-turn on Keaton Slovis. I, I, I feel optimistic about what he can do in this if in this offense. If he's going to embrace BYU and his teammates are going to love him and he's and it's a kind of a job for him and I, I'm going to just be ingrained in everything that is BYU, going to games, being a member of the community, all those things, I think there's a great ch- uh, a chance that Slovis can succeed. And it was kind of refreshing to hear Beck echo a similar sentiment because Beck's words matter a lot more than mine. I think Slovis uh, definitely could surprise some folks. I think that this league it requires an offense to score at least 30 points a game. And I'm very curious to see who can do that. I do think the wide receiver position takes a bit of a step back without Puka Nakua. I like the talent BYU has at wide receiver with Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill, and Cody Epps. Cody Epps probably going to be limited, I'm sure, in spring as he continues recovery. But... You know that is going to be. It's just going to take time, I, I think. With and I think it's 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 tough because Keaton Slovis doesn't have time. If he was a guy that had more than one year, I like that pickup a, a, a ton. But he's got to hit the ground running from the get go, and it's one of those deals too where, you know, can he get BYU in a spot where they can get to seven wins? I think he can uh, because of that Power Five experience that he has, but. Um, you know, there's some real concerns about his ability to throw the deep ball. And if that was truly about the injuries, then if they got a clean bill of health on Keenan Slovis, uh, that's going to serve him well. He's a good intermediate short short passer, uh, you know, throwing throwing passes uh, in the short to intermediate range. But the deep ball is where there's some issues. And turnovers have been a problem, too, for Keenan Slovis. Nine picks to only ten touchdowns last season. And, uh, you know, his his head coach, former head coach Pitt, Head coach Pat Narduzzi, who calls out everyone, uh, he kind of you know sub said you know like uh, wasn't much of a leader. Phil Jerkovic, he's going rack to rack. He's working the weight room. He's a leader. Uh, we haven't had that since Kenny Pickett. Hopefully, that's taken heart for Keen Slovis. He's like, I'm going to prove him wrong. Yep. I'm going to prove these doubters wrong. Uh, the last time BYU had a first year quarterback in Aaron Roderick's offense was 2018 with Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson, and you know Roderick was the quarterback coach, but heavily involved with the offense with Jeff Grimes. There were struggles. I think it's going to be a lot better than that. That was more ball security, take care of the ball at all costs. This is going to still be a little bit more aggressive than anything that was. Uh, but, you know, Roderick's been very blessed with quarterbacks that are experienced. They've been around this offense. This is a new dynamic. Uh, so I, I don't – it's it's hard to gauge. I would be very conservative on the projection still with Slovis because it has been an annual decline. But BYU is a place where there's not going to be distractions. You can focus on ball – and do everything you need to to get to the next level. And I think BYU is going to give him all the tools to make sure that happens. Got to take a break. Gear, news, traffic, and weather coming your way. And on the other side, a segment we love, the top five. Back after this. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. 
Welcome back. Cougar Sports Saturday coming to you live from Broadcast House here in Salt Lake City, Utah, 1.36 p.m. All-Star Weekend. NBA All-Star action taking place across the street at the Vivint Arena, soon to be named Delta Center. They should have just brought back the Delta Center name for this weekend. Oh, that All-Star Weekend, that would have been sweet. Uh, so it's an eventful weekend here in downtown Salt Lake, and... One of the highlight activities has got to be our next segment. <laughs> the Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. Here's the Top 5. That's right, it's the Top 5, and I'm looking to get back in the, the win column this week. I'm on a skid like the BYU basketball team. Matt's looking to go back-to-back. Bring in producer Nate. Nate Slack comes in to host the top five, and Nate puts together these this gauntlet of these topics. It's Power Five week in, week out, baby. So what do you got this week for us, Nate? Yeah, this is a, this is something that happened semi-recently. So in the last week, Dallin Hall has entered the record books and is now in the top 10 all-time in BYU freshman made three-pointers. So not sure if you guys caught that or not. No, I did not. So he is now currently number nine in BYU history, tied with uh, – Tied with somebody for ninth place. I'm not going to say who. And so it got me thinking, who are the top five freshman three-point shooters in BYU history? And oh. so that today is our top five, the top five BYU freshmen in three-pointers made. Made. Three-pointers made. Gotcha. Yep. And if you're new to the program, Matt and I have nothing in front of us. We do. We did not know this topic at all. This is being thrown at us here on the spot. So we will try to guess the this top five and... Figure this out, so we will have to dig into the archives for this one. Woo! Mitch touched on it. Matt won last week. He also starts this week, so he's got a chance to okay. tie it up at four. I've got a chance, but I don't feel good about said chance. But I, I just, I don't know what it is about freshmen and threes, but I always think of Nick Emery. Mm. Oh! So, this one, I knew this was going to come up. Nick Emery hit 97 threes, which would be number one on this list. Oh, my gosh. But, oh, my but, Oh my goodness. I hate the NCAA. I hate him. He is no longer in the record books, so I, I don't have him on this list. How did you have was, – was that live audio of, of Nick on a rant? <laughs> no, that was, his, that was his guard counterpart, TJ Hawes, at, uh, at St. Mary's. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I instantly nodded my head when when Matt said, it. "I was like, yep, Nick Emery." Then I, I always forget his his name is. Uh, can we take it from the record? We all books? admit, especially in today's day and age, that needs to be reinstated, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's yes. dumb. You can't you can't go back and erase stuff that already happened. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of sad <laughs> that the record books. Dave Rose got what thirty four games taken away because of things that are now legal, right? Some like guy dropping a couple hundred bucks in the locker room. Probably should have been happening, but uh, maybe now you could say it. He it, it was a it was a nil deal. Just dropping that that Benjamin in the, in the locker room. All right, uh, so let's see. To me now, yeah, I'll get him out of the way. I don't think he is on the top five because he didn't play much. He was behind the guy that you see on a lot of TV commercials, Jimmer Fredette. Oh, he snuck in there. Jimmer wow. Fredette snuck he's, in. He's number four, so he hit forty three. Three pointers as a as a freshman, so this is good for number four on Gosh. the list. And uh, yeah, just barely snuck in. Yeah, he didn't start at all that season. He was behind Ben Murdoch, and then that I remember that NCAA tournament game against Texas A and M. 
he came onto the scene and really gave BYU life because I think they were, what, down 22-2? to two? I mean, it was a terrible start. Typical terrible start in the NCAA tournament for BYU. And then Jimmer caught fire, and maybe I think that game he had like five threes. He was, he was good from the get-go. Yeah, and you got a chance to take a 2-0 lead. Okay, I'll go back-to-back here potentially. How about so freshman three-point shooters? I'll say Jackson Emery. Jackson Emery does not crack the top eleven. So yeah, he was a defensive specialist. Yeah, he was a, first year specialty. Yeah, sure. yeah. I've already dropped his name, so it'd be a crime if I didn't guess it. T.J. Haas. All right. T.J. Haas is now number one on this list. He hit seventy six. So a pretty big gap between him and Nick. Nick ninety seven. T.J. Haas seventy six. But still a strong number. Can I throw this out there to you guys on on T.J. Haas? Is he the most underrated BOU basketball player of all time? I kind of feel like he is because we. I think he's fairly I, rated. I uh, no way. I, I when you talk about the greats, you talk, you're obviously Jimmer and Danny are above everyone else. I'm not but, putting him in the greats category though. I'm not either, but I'm saying that next wave, he's in there. Like yeah. he's in the next tier. He he had a better career than like a Trent Place did. Yes, he absolutely did. T.J. Hawes had a better career than uh, his than freshman Sean Bradley. His freshman. He played one year. You can't. I, you I can't think give me that look for sure. He was. He was definitely a very consistent player. Freshman and senior years, yes, all timer. Sophomore and junior years, and the whole team as a whole was kind of underwhelming. And maybe that's what maybe makes me think he's number one on the list in freshman three pointers. And then he went on to right. have a great senior year. I think he was. was the, I think he was the first freshman to be all conference since a legendary figure at BYU. So uh, you know, I, I think that. Who would you put in front of T.J. Haas? I know, I know, we're getting off the beaten path here. No, but. I, I just think that those sophomore and junior years, the whole body of work, his freshman and senior years, isolated. Yes, those were great seasons. But I think T.J. also was. Who would you put in front of him? Answer the he question. He was probably the third best player on the senior his senior year. It, it's it's not no fair, way. but I I think only a Jake Toulson. I think what hurts T.J. Haas is the whole Lone Peak three type thing. You know, so maybe that's it. So I think Mika leaving early. Both of you, shame on yourselves I think for, that's what for, hurts him. for even putting that on his BYU career. He was great. I'm not knocking him. I just, it, it, there's a certain bar when you're talking the greats. I never said he was one of the greats. I all said right, he's the right. most underrated BYU player of I all think time, he's rated which he clearly is based on this conversation. All right. <laughs> is it to me or is it to Matt? I think it's Matt. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Okay. Freshman three-point shooting. Let's go uh, Jonathan Tavernari. JT comes in at number 11, so he hit 29. So, Dallin Hall hit 28. He's one behind Jonathan Tavernari at 29. Let's go with, let's see here, freshman season. Hmm. This is tough. How about... Mark Bigelow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Mark Bigelow comes in at number three. He hit 44, so just one ahead of Jimmer. And that's a name I did not think you guys were going to get in. My guy, Mark Bigelow, 97-98 <laughs> season. One of my favorite games ever going to the Marriott Center, BYU versus Arizona. Hopefully one day it's a future Big 12 matchup. Uh, but BYU-Arizona, BYU was a lowly team coming off the one-win season. They hung with the mighty Arizona Wildcats when they were Arizona. I think they were the defending national champions. And uh, they didn't win that game, but BYU hung tough. And it was Bigelow's breakout game as a freshman. And uh, 
Yeah, Mark Bigelow. He was he was a good one. I, I enjoyed Mark Bigelow's time. I think I also saw him recently on social media. I think he's in coaching high school somewhere. So, yeah, Mark Bigelow is still staying in the game in hoops. And, Mitch, you can close it out. All right. How about let's go with – so let's recap. So we've got – Number five is open. Number four is Jimmer. Number three, Mark Bigelow. Number two is open. And number one, TJ Haas. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to say for freshmen, uh, uh, Jimmy Balderson? <laughs> no Jimmy good, Balderson. Uh, I have some good pulls, but I know they're wrong, so so I'm going to say if I'm, <laughs> let's get a let's get another a popular name out of the way. Tyler Hawes? Oh. Tyler Hawes is is just behind Dallin Hall now, so 25. He's tied for 11th with Anson Yeah, th- that year he played with, uh, I think it was Jimmer's junior year before he yep. went on his mission. That what there wasn't a lot yeah. of playing. There wasn't a lot of playing time. It was it was Jimmer Jackson, Mike Lloyd was in the mix. You talk underrated, Tyler Hawes. That dude's underrated in BYU fandom. Yeah. Both of the Hawes very underrated. Tyler though more so. The all time leading scorer in BYU history, Tyler Hawes. I don't think so. People talk about Tyler more than TJ. I think he gets forgotten. If you ask ten, does it get forgotten? If you freaking BYU, if you ask ten BYU fans who's the all-time leading scorer, they'd say Jim or Ainge. They would never say Tyler Hawes. I'm telling you, they wouldn't. Maybe we need to educate better. I don't know. We need to put out a TikTok going on campus to BYU and seeing who knows the answer to the question. And I'll say Jimmer. I'm telling you, (laughs) they would get a little tiny microphone. Uh, Let's see here. How about who would this be? Freshman three-point shooters. I feel like I'm missing someone, and it's going to pain me. There's an obvious one. There's an obvious, and he's in the top five? Uh-huh. He's number two. Huh. I thought he was number one. Uh, Lee Kumard. Lee Kumard is not on this list. Huh. An obvious one? I am. Give us a hint. Uh, what era? What era? What was the head he... coach for this guy? Pope. 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 And Rose. And and he's my cousin, second cousin. We're we're cousins. Oh no, Mitch knows who it is. Pope, and he's your cousin. I don't know why I am uh, stumping. I mean, man, Yoli Childs, Jake Toulson, not Jake Toulson. Oh, I thought what? Not on this list. <laughs> this is unbelievable. A freshman, and he, his, <laughs> the fact that he's your cousin doesn't help me. His game, bit. his game changed a lot from the time he was a freshman until he was a senior. Game changed quite a bit. <laughs> I know it now. Zach Selius. No! I'm in the game, baby. Zach Let's Selyus. go. <laughs> Zach Selius, number two, with 68 three pointers. He was money as a freshman. Uh, he as was money as on, a freshman. It, it was crazy because he didn't shoot as much as his career went on. But he, the BYU Colorado game in in Boulder, Boulder he yes. got popped off as a freshman, yep. and then I think his sophomore year he come, he had that mission and he came back due to injury. Sophomore year, it was he was still recovering from the injury, and it was as you said, his game changed a ton. Where Mark Post saying 
This is Zach Zellius. He's going to have a mustache. He's going to make the <laughs> nation fall in love. Like, I fell in love. Him as a senior, I loved him I that think Barstool year. Sports made a t-shirt for Zach Zellius with that mustache. And... <laughs> Legendary. Man, how did, I, how did I forget that? He's top five, huh? Yeah, number two. Wow. wow. There's still one left, though, and we're tied up at two. Wait, what? Yeah, we are. It's not over. Oh, we're tied, yeah. We're tied I thought it was two. over. No, it's not over. You're oh, still in geez, it, Mitch. I was 3-2. No, it's not. Oh, uh, my goodness. Number five is still in the mix, huh? Yep, probably going to need to break. Heck no. We're not breaking <laughs> until this is over. Okay, That's the bottom go. line. Uh, Nate Call. <laughs> no, Nate Call. <laughs> He's the go-to. Great pull. He's no, the Nate go-to Call. on the three-point shooting. It's, a, it's an inside joke. Right. <laughs> Shout out Nate Call. Coach Call for a minute there. Um, how about... Uh, let's see here. I don't know why I'm thinking this. He didn't play a freshman. He wasn't a freshman at BYU, but I'm going to say it. Trent Whiting. Buzzer me. Okay, go. You guys want a hint? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. He didn't play the entire season. He didn't play the entire season? Nope. But he's, he's still number, number five. five. And if he had played the Come whole again? season, he's probably number three. He didn't play the entire season? Didn't, didn't log the... a minute? No, he, he didn't He didn't play... <laughs> Let's see. He he missed. He, did, he, he missed. missed about a month. Okay. He missed about a month of the season. Okay. He missed about a month of the season. Uh, Mike Lloyd. I had to get. It, I had to get him out of my brain. You're close. Um. We're Mike Rose. Ah, I loved no him. Mike Rose. I around, loved around him. the same area. Gus Johnson. It's Rupp Arena. Mike Rose. <laughs> this this guy. <laughs> This guy transferred away from BYU to finish his career. Oh, boy. He transferred. <laughs> You're killing us with this list. These hints are not helping. Uh, He's transferred to a big program. There's a name. It's There's a name at the, the edge of my tongue, but... If I even say the school, I know you're going to get it, so I can't even do it. Uh, he transferred away? Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> His, Buzzer him. Buzz, buzz, buzz me. His first game at BYU was was Matt Carlino. Matt Carlino, number five. You're right. First uh, Matt, game against Baylor. I basketball. always forget that. I always forget that he was a freshman. Yeah, because he started at UC. Was it UCLA? Yes, but he, never played. Yes, but he, he never played. So <sighs> he maintained his eligibility. And then he went to Marquette to play with Mojahowski yep. at uh, in Milwaukee. And yes, Matty basketball. Matty Ice came in and played against. Big 12 foe, Baylor, in his debut, tore it up in that debut. We're thinking, oh, Chimmer to Matt Carlino? This is easy. <laughs> Welcome to BYU basketball, baby. This is going to go on forever. Uh, not so much, but, yeah, Matt Carlino, I, I love that guy. He was he was really good. But, yeah, I'm with Matt. I kind of think of him more sophomore guy. As a, but, I think of him as a transfer, yeah, he, yeah. but he is, a, he is. Yeah, he was fresh. He's a freshman transfer. He never played, yeah. Well, congrats, well traveled man. I think he's still working in the Big Twelve. He's at uh, TCU on their staff, I believe. Matt Carlino. I think he is. I think yeah. I have to look that up. So maybe we can get him on one of these days. Maybe Big Twelve Basketball Media Day down the road. We can uh, catch up with old Matty Basketball. Let's take a break, though. On the other side, we'll, we'll put a bow on hour number two and get you ready for hour three NBA All Star Check In coming up around the corner. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. Oh, man. The conversations in the break sometime here on Cougar Sports Saturday. We can just go through. We have some insane memories, I think, <laughs> us on the show. I mean, when, when you hear the, the intro to Cougar Sports Saturday, for fans, by fans, we have lived and died by BYU Sports. We were going, in the previous segment of the top five, we were talking about the 
top five freshman three-point shooters in BYU basketball history. And then our producer, Nate Slack, was giving us the rest of the list, six through ten. We're hearing names like Michael Vrains, Jonathan Tavernari, just Mike Rose, the memories that come with with BYU basketball. And and sadly, Matt, it, it feels like this year's been kind of a Kind of a forgettable year, uh, you know, in, in, in some ways, in some regards. There was that great win against Utah. There was that great win against Creighton, who's turned out to be one of the best teams. I hope that this BYU team can somehow find a win, or not not a win. It's hard to expect that tonight against St. Mary's because the Gales, they're gunning for this game. I mean, they've got lofty expectations this year. They're a, they're a top 10 team in the net rankings. They could be a, a three seed in the NCAA tournament. But I hope that this team doesn't let Thursday night in their year. And I hope they they give some effort tonight. They bounce back. I want to see some sort of run in Vegas in the WCC tournament. But, man, it's going to be hard because they're gonna, there might be in that opening night coming up in Vegas. I want to see – I don't even care about a win or loss anymore. I haven't cared in a while, honestly. I want to see specific individuals get big chunks yeah. of time. If Trey Stewart does not play more than 15 minutes, it's going to be worse than a loss to me. Because we need to see what he is. I, I'm I'm getting really tired of, and this has happened the past three years, where there's players that don't get enough run to where we don't we can't definitively say what are they, and then they leave. Is that going to be Trey Stewart again? That's because fair. if that happens again for a third year, I'm going to be irate because it it, it it really bothers me when there's guys who, from our vantage point, and we're not there at practice. I get it. From our vantage point as fans, we say there's something here. Let's see what it is. Hunter Erickson. Let's see what it is. We never found out. And now he's off to play for the U of U. So tonight, I need to see, like, I love that Down Hall was on that list. I love that he's played so much. But I got to see Trey Stewart. I want to see more of Richie Saunders, quite frankly. I wish Tanner Toulson was healthy. I just want to see more of this young group. I don't give a rip about this year because they're not winning the tournament. I want to see these young guys and get a glimpse of what they can be because that, to me, is what is going to set BYU up for success down the road. And and if we don't find out and they leave, then we're just doing the same thing that's been done for three years in a row. BYU-St. Mary's tips off tonight, 8 p.m. Pre-game gets started at 7. Last trip to McKeon Pavilion. Do you now, wish you were there? I kind of wish I was there. I, I've never seen that gym. So, I, yeah, I, I, wish, I wish we were there uh, because that is a game that um, – it's one of the unique atmospheres in college basketball. And – I'm curious to see how BYU performs. That's just a weird setting. 1,500 fans right there on top of you. Uh, BYU has played well against top 25 teams this year. Mark Pope believes they'll have some fight. Rudy Williams dealing with a little bit of a left ankle injury. At least that's what it looked like on Thursday night. We'll kind of monitor that. So it could open to some more minutes, hopefully, for Trey Stewart potentially because we do need to get a sense of what he is because you don't want to go into a portal season and go, oh, what is? what do you do here with him? Because is he going to be a factor? Is he not? Big 12's coming very soon for BYU basketball. Let's take a timeout. NBA All-Stars coming up this weekend. We're going to get a check-in live on the ground. Kyle Ireland from KSL Sports will give us all the ins and outs about what's going on at NBA All-Star here on KSL Sports. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.